Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Eden Mills Writers' Festival presents Taste and Transmission, an evening of music and literature at Guelph's E-Bar on Thursday, September 11th. This event features rare full-band performances by local luminary Scott Merritt and Toronto's gifted Sandro Perry, plus stimulating readings and discussion by internationally renowned authors and music writers Carl Wilson and Shawn Michaels. Tickets to this all-ages licensed event are available now at the Bookshelf, located beneath the E-Bar at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph and at ticketbreak.com. Visit EdenMillsWritersFestival.ca for more information about taste and transmission on September 11th. Despite its best efforts, the E-Bar is not a fully accessible physical space. Dragonfly, Dragonfly Creative Control with Bish Khanna. This is a very, very special episode of the Creative Control Podcast in that it's not necessarily actually an episode of the Creative Control Podcast. Let me explain. On the program today, you're going to hear Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al Yankovic, someone I've admired for years, since I was a little tiny kid. He's got a new album out. It's called Mandatory Fun. I've, probably you've heard about it. He kind of took over pop culture there, releasing all these really cool videos of some of the, the people he was parodying. And he's also his first ever number one album in his 30-odd year career. It's quite remarkable. So anyway, that's what's happening. I spoke to Al in promotion, you know, just ahead of when this... I didn't even have the album. I just had a stream of the album. So I didn't have the liner notes. I didn't have anything. Spoke to Al a few weeks before the album came out, and this time I got to ask him the Exclaim questionnaire. A few years ago, I got to interview him for Exclaim Magazine's Timeline feature, and that is a biography, and people seem to, Al seemed to like it, most people seemed to like it, some people didn't like it, I guess I made some mistakes, but it's a long piece. Anyway, it's fun to do that. This time, it's the Exclaim Magazine questionnaire, and I asked him, just as I say, a few weeks before the album came out. And this is it. I've never presented... I've asked this questionnaire to lots of people. I've never presented it to an audience to listen to before. So that's why it's unusual. So you're going to hear him actually answering the questions for the questionnaire, which you can also read at exclaim.ca. 
you're going to hear stuff about the new album. I tweeted at him the day of the interview to say, like, I can't believe I got to talk to Weird Al for a second time. And he acknowledges that at the beginning. Anyway, great guy. I hope you enjoy this episode. This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas, or choose from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerottis, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread, Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph or trocaderoguelph.ca. Call them at 519-829-2444 for pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Tuesday morning, 8.15 I was riding to work on the Jackson Park Express Seemed like any other day Then my whole world changed in a way I never could have guessed Cause she walked in Took the seat right across the aisle I knew we had a special connection The second I saw her smile She smiled as if to say Hello, haven't seen you on this bus before I gave her a look that said Life is funny, you never know what's in store By the way, your hair is beautiful I bet it smells like raisins Hi, Al, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well Good, good. I caught your tweet this morning (laughs) Good, good (laughs) It's the second time, I thought I'd celebrate Yeah (laughs) Now, so what we're doing here, this is for Exclaim Magazine And um, it's for a questionnaire, so they're kind of set questions Okay. If you know what I mean. And then after we're done, the 20 questions, I will ask you some direct questions about the new record. Okay. Is that good for you? <laughs> I, I think I, I, can, I can handle it. Let's right. do it. All right. So the first question is, before we begin, please state your name, your hometown, your current HQ, and any of your upcoming activities, especially Canadian tour dates and new releases. Wow. Okay. Um Alfred Matthew Yankovic, Los Angeles, California. Did you say HQ, my headquarters? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that's Los Angeles as well. And um, I don't have any uh, current Canadian tour dates, but we're doing the mandatory tour next year, and I would certainly anticipate there being some uh, a Canadian leg in there someplace. Excellent. All right, great. So here's the first official question. Uh, Al, what are you up to? Good question. That's an excellent question. Um, well, currently I, I'm promoting my new album, Mandatory Fund, which uh, comes out on Tuesday. Excellent. And uh, any other current projects we should be aware of? Um, probably that you should be, but uh, I can't help you with that. All right, that's fair. Number two, what are your current fixations? This could be music, films, books, art, TV, food, these kinds of things. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, I guess probably watermelon. I'm eating a lot of watermelon because, you know, it's a happy fruit. <laughs> it, make, it makes me happy just, just eating watermelon. Now, is that because of the shape of the rind? Is it like a smile or...? I never thought of it. It depends how you cut it, of course. Of course. Uh, 
but but I but having said that, yes, I I, de- I usually cut it in a wedge, so there is that green smile kind of looking at me. So you're you're right; it's probably a subliminal thing. <laughs> okay, and it makes you happy. Okay, uh, why do you live where you do? Uh, because uh, I I own the house, and if I live somewhere else, then the uh, people who live there would probably make me get get out. <laughs> All right. Is there anything about the greater Los Angeles area that appeals to you in particular? Well, you know, I, I was I was born in the greater Los Angeles area, and it just feels like home when most of my friends are here. So, uh, uh, and and also, I mean, um, not that I necessarily have to live where I work, but uh, um, you know, I, a lot of the entertainment and. Uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, TV and movie businesses here as well, so it all all, all kind of makes it cozy. Okay, you want to be close to the phonies that you sometimes lampoon. That's true. You, you got to rub elbows with them before you kick them in the butt. <laughs> Number four, name something you consider a mind-altering work of art, any media at all, but not your own. Okay, um, I'm going to say Princess Sputnik by Mark Ryden. I've, I've got a uh, Gichle or Gicle, the print of it in my house. Mark is one of uh, is my favorite artist, and uh, he just had a wonderful uh, gallery show here in Los Angeles. So that that's one of my favorite pieces of his. Okay, that's cool. I didn't. I'm not familiar with him, but that sounds like a that sounds cool. Uh, number five. What has been your most memorable or inspirational gig, either one you played or attended, and why? Um, what, one of my favorite shows of all time actually happened last year. I, I got to play the uh, the Bonnaroo uh, Festival uh, in, in Tennessee, and I, I'm always leery when I play festivals because I never know how people are going to react. I, I don't know if people are just waiting to waiting for the next band that's going to be on that stage, and and I'm I'm an, an annoyance to them, mm-hmm. or if they actually came there to see me, or if they enjoy what what kind of music that I do. I had some pretty bad experiences, some very traumatic experiences, very early on in my career. Uh, playing in those kind of situations. So, but but Bonnaroo was wonderful. I I, I never uh, experienced that kind of an outpouring of of love and support and just positive <laughs> waves coming my way. Uh, and it was uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I I, uh, I, I, re- I you know as much as I enjoy live performing, I think that might have been been the, the the pinnacle of it. Okay, interesting. That's that's interesting to hear. Uh, speaking of pinnacles, what have been your career highs and lows? Um, hmm, um, well, it, 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 the, the highs, I mean, they, they happen all the time. Like when I first did My Bologna in 1979 as a teenager and it got on the Dr. Domeno funny five, I thought, oh, that's it. That's the high point of my life. I'll never be able to top this. <laughs> and then, you know, it, it's been topped a few times since then. So, um, it, it's hard to say. Um, I'm, I'm anticipating that the overwhelming success of my new album will be the new high point of my career <laughs> in life. <laughs> of course. Uh, and the low point, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I talked about traumatic uh, concert experiences early on, and, and um, I'd probably go with that maybe. It was a 1982 show where I did opening for Missing Persons. And this was this was documented in my behind the music special. But basically, uh, at that point, people weren't re- really ready for a guy doing funny songs playing the accordion, and I was basically pelted for forty five minutes solid. So that that was not my high, my my proudest moment on stage. Al, as you may recall, I don't know if you do or not. You and I spoke a few years ago, and I wrote this really extensive timeline piece for Exclaim magazine. I remember that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I'm I'm. It's sort of nice for me. I know it's a low. But that's exactly what you said three years ago. So I think that that the consistency 
that particular moment, however traumatic for you, clearly that's the low. I mean, nothing has been lower than that show. Well, I think it's also a good lesson for you. If you ask the same questions, you get the same answers. <laughs> now, see, I don't know if I... Okay, I, you, you have me there. Let's continue. I don't want to argue with you, but I think you're right. All right, number seven. Okay. I, think you're gonna, I think you might like this one. What's the meanest thing ever said to you before, during, or after a gig? Uh... Well, again, I'd have to probably go back to the missing person thing because it it, it must have been so traumatic it just seared itself into my memory. But I remember walking back to my car uh, after that show uh, and just thinking about how what an awful experience it was. And and a kid came up to me and said, hey, are you Weird Al Yankovic? And I said, oh, a ray of hope. And I said, yes, 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 I am. And he said, you suck. <laughs> so that was sort of like a button on my, my wonderful evening. <laughs> right. And I, that you suck phrase seemingly has resonated with you because it's, it's a big part of one of your new songs. See, you know, he, he inspired me like 30 years later. <laughs> I was sp- able to use that angst and, and make it into a song. Right. Speaking of uh, one of your new songs, this next question kind of ties in with your one of your new songs, Word Crimes. What should everyone shut up about? <laughs> what should everybody shut up about? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, good question. Uh, probably most things. I mean, people just... Uh, oh, something specific they should shut up about. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, well, I mean, as we're speaking now, LeBron James... Uh, is making the news. I don't know if that. I don't want to put uh, ideas in your head, but yeah, something in, well, the, in the. Yeah, sure. Let's 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 shut up about that. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> all right, that's fair. Number people nine. People just talking about LeBron James all the time. <laughs> Give it a rest. <laughs> Number nine. What traits do you most like and most dislike about yourself? Um, I, I, I wish I was omnipresent and omnipotent. I, I, it kind of disturbs me that I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, but I, I do think that I have very, very good handwriting. Interesting. I, I have a nice architectural printing from my training in college. Oh, that's right. That's right. You went to architectural college. And that hasn't been diminished by years of, you know, being on an iPhone or a BlackBerry or, or whatever? It, it, it's not quite as crisp as it was in the early 80s, but, uh, but you can still see that I, I had some design classes in school at one point. Nice. All right. That's good to know. Uh, number 10, what's your idea of a perfect Sunday, Al? I think uh, probably uh, um, vanilla ice cream, nuts, cherries, uh, a little hot fudge, and perhaps some butterscotch. <laughs> All right, I, I guess that makes sense for the question asked orally. I was actually referring to the day of the week, but that's fair. That's a totally fair. Oh, well, uh, a perfect Sunday uh, would be for me to go to an ice cream parlor and get uh, some ice cream, preferably some vanilla ice cream with some chocolate sauce and some butterscotch. I've been asking this questionnaire a long time. No one's ever made the Sunday-Sunday connection. That's very good. (laughs) Number 11, what advice should you have taken but did not? Um, Please don't step into that open manhole. Oh, well, geez, that's fair. That that didn't end up well for you, I I can only assume. (laughs) No, um, I'm trying to think. um, What advice should I have taken? Um... I'm pretty good at taking advice. I, I, don't, I don't know nothing. Nothing. I don't. I, I can't think of any like huge regrets in my life uh, mm. that were a result of me not taking somebody else's advice. Okay, that's fair. What do you think of 
when you think of Canada, Al? Um, I, a lot of people just assume that I, I'm Canadian. I, I think uh, that was dispelled at some point, but I, I did so many um, uh, specials for Much Music uh, early on in my career that people just assumed I was, I, was, uh, I was Canadian, which I was totally comfortable with. I, I like... Uh, uh, you know, um, you know. I, I, I think I think uh, Canadians uh, have more more of, of an affinity for uh, for my kind of comedy. In fact, uh, most of my early albums charted better in Canada than they did in the states. So uh, uh, I always love coming to Canada. I, I look forward to uh, uh, to the next tour. Excellent. What was the first LP, cassette, CD, eight track, let's say MP3 that you ever bought with your own money? Um. The first uh, album that I ever bought with my own money, I think, was uh, uh, Elton John's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road in whatever, uh, 1973, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, uh, I, I had some, some albums before that, which my parents bought for me, mostly mostly kiddie stuff, but this was the first, you know, rock album that I actually owned and, and bought with my own money. And if memory serves, this kind of falls in, there's a connection between your learning the accordion and this album, right? Isn't this one of the first albums you sat down and tried to learn? Yeah, I mean, that, that was the only rock album that I had, so I would listen to it over and over, and I, I kind of taught myself to play rock and roll on the accordion uh, by by playing along with that album. So I, I got to the point where I could play every song on the album on my accordion, and I thought, oh, oh, good, well, I'm a rock and roller now. <laughs> and I, I, at that point, I tried to uh, uh, join my friend's rock bands, and uh, for some reason, they didn't seem to, to have a need for an accordion player. I, I don't know why. They, they weren't uh, forward-thinking enough, I suppose. But at, at that point, I realized I had to kind of find my own path in life. Now, is Elton John aware of this? I don't know. You know, oddly enough, he's one of the few uh, 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 people that I've, I've never met. So uh, he may or may not have heard this story before, but... Uh, uh, but we but we've never had a, a chance to chat about it. Okay. Uh, what was your most memorable day job? Um. Well, I, I worked uh, in a mail room for a couple of years, uh, and I worked in a uh, a traffic department for a radio syndication company. But I, I think my most memorable day job was when I was uh, giving accordion lessons at the local accordion school, and uh, and part of the job was accordion repo man. <laughs> which meant that you know, because because when when little kids sign up for accordion lessons, they you know, their parents don't buy them an accordion right off the bat. They wait and see if you know if they if they take to the instrument, if they want to continue with it. And, and in the meantime, they're given a loaner accordion that they can take home and practice on. Well, if they stop taking lessons, I had to go get the accordion back. I had to go knock on the door and say, "Excuse me, <laughs> would you mind giving us back our stinking accordion?" Oh man, that is evil. That seems evil to me yeah. somehow. Wow. Well, that's that's a memorable day job for sure. All right, uh, how do you spoil yourself, Al? I leave myself out of the refrigerator for a few weeks. <laughs> Good answer. I like these literal answers. Not very many people take us up on that. All right, here's another one. If I wasn't playing music, I would be so sad. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I've got my degree in architecture, but a- after I graduated, I I knew that that wasn't really going to be my life's calling. I I didn't. It was kind of a scary point in my life because I, I knew that I didn't want to do the specific thing that I had just trained myself to do. Right. Uh, and I also didn't want to assume that I'd be able to make a living 
in the entertainment field, which you know a lot of people want to do, and very few actually get to do it. So uh, it was, um, yeah, it was a little frightening for a little while because I was wandering kind of freely in the world, not really knowing what direction I was going to go. Right. Um, all right. Here's the next one. What do you fear most, Al? Uh, waking up with my mouth full of spiders. Spiders. That's right. You don't like spiders. Now, why? Where did that come from again? It's not that I don't like spiders. I just don't like them in my mouth. You would. It's normal not to like spiders, but it's particularly normal not to want your mouth full of them. Right. Okay. All right. So just. But if, if they're outside in, in, in the wild where they're supposed to be, not not bothering me, I'm I'm totally cool with them. Okay. That's fair. That's that's a that's a nice attitude. You are. are you, am I correct? You're a, you're a vegan, right? Uh, I am. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm vegetarian slash vegan. I, I, I try to be vegan, but if there's cheese pizza on the bus, uh, I, will, I will slide. Okay. I will slip every now and then. This one, I'm not policing you, by the way. I was just trying to get... <laughs> You're not the vegan police. <laughs> no, I was just trying to get the, your relationship with animals established. Spiders you wish yeah. to spare unless they attack you uh, in the mouth. I, I will have a spider sandwich if they, if they go after me. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Uh, okay, here's the next one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And what makes you want to take it off and get it on? <laughs> take what off and get what on? <laughs> You're not the first to ask. Uh, I think it's open to your interpretation. Uh... uh... So take off my hat and get it on the hat rack, probably when I walk inside a house, because that's only proper manners. <laughs> okay. Uh, what has been your strangest celebrity encounter? Now, perhaps you're the celebrity here, perhaps someone else is. <laughs> my strangest celebrity encounter. Um, God, there's so many. I mean, I, I don't know what you consider strange. I mean... Uh, one of my all-time favorites, and I've, I've mentioned this many times in interviews, but it's still a big high point for me, was, was in 1984, after I had just achieved a, some, some popularity through Eat It, uh, I got invited to a, um, uh, a release party for Paul McCartney's movie, Give My Regards to Broad Street. And uh, I, I somehow found a way to uh, inch my way up to him at the party and introduce myself. And it blew my mind that he knew who I was. Like, oh, Weird Al, you're the Eat It guy. And he turned, turned to Linda, look, honey, it's Weird Al. <laughs> and I just couldn't believe that, like, Paul McCartney was introducing his wife to me. <laughs> so that, was, that, that, was, that definitely kind of blew my mind at, at that age. And you're still kind of friendly now. <laughs> well, we don't go bowling, but uh, I, I've met Paul once or twice since then. In fact, I got to direct him in a, in a, in a short film that I did called Weird Al's Brain. Right, right. I, I knew you had a rapport, and, 
and that you've felt comfortable asking him about parodying his songs and in some cases it hasn't worked out but he's a fan uh, he's you know he's been he's been I mean I, again I, I don't want to make it sound like we're we're palsy because you know I've, <laughs> I've met him maybe twice in my life but it but uh, but he's always been very supportive and he has a great sense of humor right uh, okay here's a we're we're close to the end of the questionnaire who would be your ideal dinner guest living or dead and what would you serve them um well I I definitely go for living. Um, I'd, I'd probably say my wife because we get along very well, and uh, yeah, probably um, you know, uh, Indian food. She likes that. Okay. Is, now you say your wife, ideal dinner guest. Is that to suggest that you don't often have the opportunity to have dinner with your wife? No, I have dinner with her almost every night, but I, I find it ideal. Like, why, why change? Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, this question. Let me figure out how to word this. What did your mom wish you were doing instead? Nothing. I mean, my, my folks were always super supportive of, of anything that I wanted to do. Um, you know, they they never really pushed me in any direction. My dad always made a point of telling me that you know the 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 secret to secret to success is is finding out how to make a living doing the thing that makes you happy. So I I think I've done that. So uh, they 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 were. I, I will say my mom told me to stay out of Hollywood, stay away from Hollywood. There's evil people in Hollywood, <laughs> and. She, she wasn't wrong, you know, yep. but, uh, but I, I, once I actually uh, started uh, achieving some success, I mean, they, uh, they were always extremely supportive. And even when I wasn't achieving success, I mean, I, I always felt like I had a safety net there. Nice. That's great. Well, finally, for the questionnaire, what song would you like to have played at your funeral, Al? Um, I don't know. Back in Black sounds good. Back in Black. That makes sense. Are you a big ACDC fan? I like him okay, but I, you know, I just, I just think that that would rock for a funeral. <laughs> okay, all right, that's a little. Actually, that's nice. I actually think that's nice of you. It's inspirational almost. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want it to be a somber affair. I want people to be like banging their head. Okay, cool. I, I want them to bang their head on my casket. <laughs> okay, that's that's good to know. For anyone uh, reading this or listening, that's great. All right, cool. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about mandatory fun. Uh, first of all, can you talk a little bit about? Uh, who you're spoofing on this new record, and maybe why some of the highlights for you in terms of why you chose some of these uh, these songs to uh, satire, and you've got some originals on here as well. Right. Uh, well, I, I chose there. There are five parodies on the album. They were chosen uh, purely because they were five of the biggest hits of the last year, and also I could come up with something relatively funny to do with them. Uh, so I'm obviously parodying, parodying uh, Robin Thicke. Uh, Lord, Iggy Azalea, Imagine Dragons, and Pharrell Williams. Right. And of course, there's the, the, the requisite polka medley where I do a, a, a medley of about a dozen tunes, uh, polka style, as, as I, I've been known to do. And there's a half a dozen original songs, which are, uh, most of which are, are pastiches, meaning they're, they're style parodies. They're done in the style of another artist, although not necessarily a direct parody. Right. So the song like First World Problems to me sounds a lot like the Pixies. Is that right? Yeah, you are correct. That was the intention, yes. Yeah, okay. And are the other ones, things you can... I, I was trying to pick out some of the other ones, and I couldn't figure them out. Are, are there little nods you can give me? Uh, or Can you give me clues here, Al? I, I can. You know, it's, I, the, the, the hints are actually in the special thanks. I, I give special thanks to everybody that, I, uh, that I'm pastiching okay. <laughs> on the album. But if, if you'd like me to... I, a, lot of, a lot of fans like to, like to work it on their own, so I, I don't know if I should make it quite so easy. But if you, if you like, I'd be happy to tell you... Do you think I should just, should I wait? Should I just figure it? I, I mean, I just figured out the Pixies one, and I'm very proud of myself. You've 
You've well, see, I, I don't want to deprive people of, of feeling all self-important because they figure something out. Right. Okay, so you're gonna, you're going to leave me be. You're going to leave me be with the record, and I just sort it out on my own. Right, but but again, if you if you want to, if you want closure, if you look at the special thanks in the liner notes, I think you'll be able to put, piece it together. Okay, that's fair. Now, Russia, the the motifs, some of the iconography of the album, mandatory fun, Russia seems to come to my mind. Are you are you interested in Russia in particular when you uh, think about the iconography of this record? Well, the, uh, the the cover is mostly uh, Soviet flavored, but uh, if you look at the the full art package, it, it's really uh, all sorts of propaganda art. There's a lot. There's a, a few ch- a Chinese propaganda uh, images. Uh, there's a Che Guevara image in there. So it's it's all sorts of propaganda art. It's it's referencing totalitarian regimes, uh, and I just I've always been kind of fascinated about that, and and I thought that that was a funny kind of visual to go along with the uh, the oxymoron mandatory fun. So it, it just all seemed like uh, uh, a fun way to go with me. And, and it's also been suggested, I certainly, this wasn't my original intention, but some people, some fans have already been, been reading into it that, oh, this is the last album on your contract, so this was mandatory, right? I'm like, oh, well, okay, there's another interpretation, sure. Yeah, there's been much made of this. Just to clarify, you this isn't your final album, it just ends this contract and then you're going to weigh your options. Right. Uh, it, it, there's a very real possibility that this is my fi- uh, final uh, uh, conventional album. I'm, I'm not sure. And again, I'm, I'm not drawing a hard line in the sand uh, because I've gotten <laughs> people. I've gotten people taking me out of context. But um, but yeah, I, I really don't know what I'm going to be doing after this. Uh, but 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 I'm thinking it's probably going to be a little bit more toward releasing singles as opposed to albums. Okay, that's fair. Now, Robin Thicke has become a quite a punching bag over the last uh, since basically the release of Blurred Lines your song Word Crimes is not really a shot at him per se right? No I mean most of my parodies aren't directly uh, referencing the original song or the original artist and I, I didn't mean to and, and that, that's one of the things because most of the you know because I live in the YouTube age I knew that if I put out a word uh, a Blurred Lines parody a year after the fact I probably wouldn't be the first parody out there uh, and there have been thousands of, of uh, Blurred Lines parodies and most of them about Robin Thicke about how uh, rapey the song is mm-hmm. uh, and I wanted to do something that was completely unrelated to that so I decided to make it about the proper usage, usage of grammar which I, I'm, I'm guessing that probably I'm the only person to go in that particular direction <laughs> I would think so which, which also means it's probably the only chance that, that Blurred Lines will have to be uh, used in the curriculum of somebody's school <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Now there is a, a little cheap shot at Prince in that song. <laughs> well, perhaps, yeah. Now I know you're kind of annoyed by him. He's one of the few people that won't let you kind of parody him. Are you, have you had any? Is there any development there? Have you tried again to uh, do a Prince? No, song? I honestly haven't tried. I mean, there hasn't been a song uh, that he's done that I, I felt was has been mainstream enough for me to to consider as a, as a parody. Uh, and you know, and if, if something came along, I wouldn't have any. Uh, um, uh, problem in, in asking him, but I, I haven't uh, asked for his permission probably for 20 years now, uh, but I kind of got the, 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 the message loud and clear 
in the in the late eighties and early nineties that he just wasn't so much into the parody thing. He seems to be loosening up a little bit. He was on that show with Zoe Deschanel, and I don't know. If Dude, that... Yeah, I know. Yeah, so yeah, I, I like to think that people change, and I, certainly I, I think that uh, he, uh, he, Prince in particular, could have. Uh, could uh, you know could use a little lightening up, but it, it seems like he probably is. So that that's that's nice to hear. Yeah. Now you you most of your parodies here are of as you say big hit songs. There seems to be a self seriousness about music in some circles now that I usually I long for your kind of tweaking of things. Uh, have you thought about covering band? And I'm not disparaging any of these folks. Some of them might be friends of mine even. But have you thought about spoofing like say Arcade Fire or? Uh, I don't know, the National, like these kinds of bands that are kind of, you know what I mean? They're kind of hip, underground bands. Have you have you thought about that? Right. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did. They're all on my radar, and and, uh, and I generally wait until uh, they achieve, I mean, I know Arcade Fire is, is huge, and they, they win Album of the Year Grammys and all that, and they and their albums are at the top of the charts, but I, I usually tend to wait until they have a single that, that reaches mainstream status. Um, you know, that I had the same thing with Nirvana. I, I loved the, the band, and I was thinking, oh, you know, I, these guys are great, and it's, it's too bad that they're not going to ever be famous enough for me to uh, do a parody. And then I watched Smells Like Teen Spirit climb the charts, and when it hit number one, I said, okay, now's the time. <laughs> so I, I'm sure that these, these bands will, will have their, their mainstream breakthrough uh, in, in terms of the singles charts, and then, uh, then, it, then it's fair game. Okay. Now... As you mentioned earlier, you know, you're with Blurred Lines. It took you, you know, there's an album release cycle. It takes you a while sometimes to put out your parodies. And I think that's part of what you're trying to figure out in your head in terms of how do I go forward if I want something more immediate. Are there songs currently circulating that you're like, man, I really want a shot at getting to this one? You know, there's always there's always fodder for parody. There's always going to be pop culture and, and pop hits. Uh, but I'm not constantly thinking about what to do. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's there's probably things happening right now that would be great to make fun of. But I've kind of shut off that part of my brain because you know the album is is you know coming out next week, and and uh, I, I doubt that I would have time to even consider it, even if <laughs> even if there was a great candidate out there. So um, usually I wait until, I wait until you know. You know, I, I have to be actively thinking about it before it really kicks in. Okay, so you you basically write, you tour, you come back, you rest, and then maybe you start writing. You write when you feel like writing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, again, it'll probably all change going forward. But in the past, uh, you know, after the tour, I, w- I would focus on. I wouldn't even listen to top forty radio. I wouldn't even be thinking about the parodies. I, w- I would work. I would do all the originals first because I feel that those you know don't age. Uh, as quickly as the parodies, so I could record them and mix them and, and put them in the can, and, and then I do the parodies very last because that way they, they're more topical and timely. Right. Okay. Well, speaking of external projects or, or I guess, things outside of this record, and anyway, the last time you and I spoke, you mentioned that you were contemplating writing another children's book uh, and possibly, I, I know there was talk of maybe even making another film. Is there any progress in any of those uh, realms? I forget if, if my second children's book had come out by the time we talked to you last time, but I do have two out now, so if, um, I'm not sure if that, that's yeah, what we, you referred to. I think we spoke in 2011. We spoke around uh, just ahead of uh, Alpocalypse, I suppose, so I think that right. was... Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember when... I think my, the children's book came out in 2012. I could be... Oh, okay. I, I'm, not exactly, I'm not sure, but, it, it, but, uh, but I, I do have two children's books out right now. Um, it's it's all uh, um, it's it's all stuff that I'll be happy to consider. I mean, I, I love doing those books, and uh, I loved working with my editor Ann Hoppy, and and uh, I would love to do more. Um, I'd like to con- continue doing the music. I'd like to continue touring. 
Um, there's been interest in me possibly um, writing a Broadway musical, which is something I've never done, and that would be a lot of fun for me. Oh, cool. Uh, I, I love doing voiceover work. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things out there, and, um, you know, I, I don't have any firm plans other than a vague notion that I will be doing the mandatory tour sometime next year. Right, okay. And, and I mean, this film thing, I know you had, you were close to a deal on a, a film idea, right? Um, well, I, I, I was on a, on a couple things. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what I was talking about you last oh, time around. Okay. So there's, you know, I, I, I see that, which is one of the reasons why I'm reluctant to talk about things that are in the pipeline or things that are being talked about because, you know, most of those things don't wind up happening in reality. Okay. All right. Well, Al, I appreciate your time uh, again, as always. And uh, I, I look forward to hopefully seeing you in Canada. Um, if there was a song for Mandatory Fun for us to go out on, what would you like to, people to hear? Uh, uh, Jackson Park Express, all nine minutes. Jackson Park Express. Now, there are some Crosby, Stills, <laughs> and Nash references. I, 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 are you playing the, the full song or are you playing just a little No, we can play the whole thing if you want. I don't care. Really? <laughs> 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 I, I was just kind of kidding. I didn't want to take up your whole thing. No, it's fine. Let's go out with the polkas. People like polkas. Okay. All right, so we'll, we'll go leave them with a smile. The polka medleys, like a watermelon. <laughs> Al, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, and uh, hopefully, we'll speak again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. We clawed, we chained our hearts in vain. We jumped. Never asking why We kissed, I fell under your spell A love no one could deny Don't you ever say I just walked away I will always want you I can't live a life Running for my life I will always want you I came in like a wrecking ball All the other kids with a pumped up picture better run, better run, outrun my gun. All the other kids with a pumped up picture better run, better run, faster than my bullet. And we danced all night to the best song ever. We knew every line. Now I can't remember. I think I went I think I went I think it goes sexy lady. Try to chase me, but here's my number, so call me maybe. I wanna scream and shout and let it all out. And scream and shout and let it out. We sing oh we oh we oh we oh. We sing oh we oh we oh we oh we oh we oh we oh. Now you're just somebody that I used to know. Now you're just somebody that I used to know It's going down, 
I'm sexy and I know it. Girl, look at that body. He's sexy and he knows it. I wear your granddad's clothes. I look incredible. I'm in this big old coat from that thrift shop down the road. Hey, he wears your granddad's clothes. That's right. He looks incredible. I do. He's in that big old coat it's from that thrift shop hey, down the road. Let's go. I'm gonna pop some tags. Only got twenty dollars in my pocket. I, I, I'm hunting, looking for a come up. This is super awesome. She's up all night till the sun. I'm up all night to get some. She's up all night for good fun. I'm up all night to get lucky. We're up all night till the sun. We're up all night to get some. We're up all night for good fun. We're up all night to get lucky. 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 Up all night to get lucky. Yes, we're up. Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.